Coast, and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? We're here with part two of Huddle Up with John Witkowski. He is the president of the Independent Bankers Association of New York State, Ibanez for short. And if you missed our first two episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to them earlier this year, the week after the Super Bowl. We've got John on the show, and we're just asking the normal questions. Hey, tell us about your career. And come to find out, he played in the National Football League. And so that was so cool. I thought after 13 years of doing a weekly show, I wanted to change directions and do these special podcast series that would provide access to exceptional people with exceptional talent and then how you can apply that to your banking brand or any brand for that matter. John played in the NFL. I am a U.S. Army and combat veteran. You have to understand how exceptional and rare that is. Every single young man that picks up a football and tries out for his junior high school or middle school quarterback position wants to be in the National Football League. Fewer than 1% of them will ever get there. People that join the Army, they're gung-ho. They want to be in a war. They want to shoot the bad guys. Most people, an overwhelming majority of people in the military, never fire a shot in anger. So for John and I to have been in those situations, it is, in fact, exceptional. And so on the last episode we did Huddle Up with John Witkowski Part 1. We talked about his, his experience in the draft, how much has changed since draft day back in the 1980s. And then we talked about that you, when you have so many exceptional people, you know, uh, in, in, in the NFL, what I've noticed over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years is that we haven't placed as much emphasis on exceptional people. Every conference session is about dealing with difficult employees and how to motivate employees. Well, by the time somebody joins your team, they shouldn't need to be motivated by anything other than a paycheck, okay? That is the social contract you make. I would always say this when I was speaking professionally. I spent 10 years as a professional speaker in the banking marketplace, and this is one of those things I would say where I would notice everybody would perk up and listen. I would say... When the person stops being the person they were in the interview, you need to stop being the person that gives them a paycheck every two weeks. And so we talked about what I thought was an erosion of exceptionalism. This episode, we're going to talk about some of the problems that can occur when you have a group of exceptional people working together. Believe me, when I was in the Army, I was not an accountant. I was not a dental technician. I was a hardcore, hard-charging, light infantry soldier. And having all those type-A-driven personalities in a squad or a platoon of you know, 30 guys, it created a lot of problems, believe it or not. And the only thing that solved it was rank and stratification and a focus on the mission at hand. And so we're going to talk to John about that. And then, of course, one of my favorite subjects, as somebody who has quit all social media, I wanted to talk to John about the impact of social media on professional sports and on teams of exceptional people because he played in the league, he played in the National Football League really before computers, cell phones, and social media as I served in the military before computers, cell phones, and social media. 
John and I are both products of the 20th and the 21st century, and it gives a great look at where banking is today because a lot of us worked in both of those centuries. The thing that concerns me the most is that I know for the first time in the 21st century, young people usurped the technological expertise from the adults. They learned how to burn CDs before mom and dad did. They learned how to use all these social media platforms before the adults did, and that was unique in American history. The downside to all of that, I believe, is that young people are now telling older people how to conduct themselves in speech, in management, in behavior, and I'm just not down with that. I quit social media because I realized it was a platform for mediocrity. It was everybody saying the same thing. And so we're going to talk about the impact of social media and, and some pretty bold advice that I'm giving people on their social media accounts, especially banking brands. You, you don't need all of them, by the way. I mean, go look at your Twitter feed. I looked the other day. Bank of America's latest tweet had something like 47 likes on it. I believe that social media should be used to celebrate the great things that you're doing in your community and for announcements that are important, hey, we're going to have our data processing system shut down, you know, at midnight till 2 a.m. in the morning for maintenance, things like that. Hey, we're currently experiencing some problems with our debit card producer. That's what social media should be used for. Um, this, this thing where you have to have all these different social media accounts, you have to celebrate every single day, that is a recipe for disaster. You cannot make everybody happy. If, if you're celebrating a month or a day, there's always somebody that's going to be offended by what you did say or by what you didn't say. And if you don't believe me, just go ask our friends at Bud Light. In less than a quarter, a business quarter, Bud Light has gone from the number one beer in America, number one best-selling beer in America, to the 14th. Okay, I, don't, I couldn't even name 14 beer brands, and look what has happened in an attempt to make everybody happy, to appeal to everybody. That is impossible to do. That is not political, by the way. That is factual, and knowing your audience and understanding your consumers, you just can't farm that out to somebody who hasn't really had the experience, which is something you cannot fake. You cannot fake experience. You cannot download experience. You, not, you cannot hashtag experience. You either have it or you don't. And through the prism of social media, I've seen a change in established, exceptional banking professionals being led astray by younger people that don't have the experience and candidly don't have the exceptionalism. And I find a lot of that in the marketing and social media departments of banking brands. So we're going to talk about that as well, and we're going to do it all right after this. For over 13 years, conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner or the expense report. This is the Power Performance Podcast, powered by the Independent Bankers Association of New York State, where we are stronger together. That is right. He is back. We are huddling up again with John Witkowski. He is the president of the Independent Bankers of New York State. John, welcome back to the show. 
Jason, it's great to be back. I appreciate you having me back. Oh, it is great having you back, yeah. On the last episode, we talked about what I think has been a lack of exceptionalism, just in employees in general. People complain about it all the time. Bad customer service here, bad service there. Well, what if you have a team of completely exceptional people? The the last guy on the bench of the worst NFL team in the league is better than the guys you throw the ball around with on Sunday afternoon. You witnessed this as a player being surrounded by exceptional people. I witnessed it in the military being surrounded by exceptional people In your experience, were there ever any issues with having that many exceptional people on the same team? Well, again, I mean, I think there's a chain of command, there's an order, you know, what you want to do. Again, when you're in a locker room, we've been in locker rooms since we've been in junior high, right? So you kind of know what the makeup of a locker room is. And you're not going to be friends with everybody, but – the attitude and the leadership and how you approach issues is really the key. And I think it's the same thing in banking. It's your approach, it's your attitude towards getting it done the right way. Look, we don't have to be friends off the field. We don't have to be friends out of the office. But in the office, this is who we are. In the, right. in the locker room, this is who we are. And I think that's the difference. You don't have to be friends outside. But in that office or in that locker room, you need to know what each other's doing, and that's what makes a great team, in my, in my, uh, my opinion. So I think you, I think you played team. with some really talented people. I think you backed up Warren Moon at one point. And did did you ever see a situation where somebody like that, who's famous nationwide, you know, either didn't show enough respect for the teammates around him, or maybe he had the right balance. I'm not picking on Warren Moon. I just can't think of uh, an, another name that I would remember from that era that you played with. The, the, the headline guys, the guys whose names are on the jerseys. Did you witness good and bad in those personalities during your playing days? I have to be honest with you. You know, you look at every position on the field, everybody's going to have a different mentality, a different attitude towards their job and towards the team. Warren was, and I'll just use him as an example, he was an exceptional professional. I mean, he, he had the respect of everybody. He knew he did. And he went out and he performed, and he right. did a great job. So he backed it up. It's those people who have, you know, uh, who cause problems and can't back up their mouth or can't back up, you know, what they're <laughs> doing with performance that really, that's right. the part that, that ruins the team. And, again, at the professional level, you don't see a lot of that. Um, but, you know, the guys that I've played with, certainly, you know, you look at a Billy Sims, you look at a Mike Rozier, you look at a Warren Moon, you look at an Eric Hipple and Gary Danielson. Um, you know, these are guys that were professionals and people respected them because they went out, they worked hard, and they knew what they were going to do. And they knew how wow. to perform on the field. And that's, that's the respect and the leadership that you needed from, from your teammates. And those guys deserved it. As, as a quick aside, when you said Mike Rozier, I had his football card, by the way, many years ago. I was at the football cards with the little terrible piece of bubble gum in the back. I remember, for whatever reason, when you said his name, I remember. I see him right now on the card kneeling down with, on his helmet with his helmet in his hand. It's just funny that you would mention it. Lastly, 
you played the game. You mentioned this earlier. You were taking calls from the Detroit Lions, you know, one of the most storied franchises in uh, NFL history, <laughs> on a landline, okay? They were probably had a bank of phones in the back of the draft hall calling you on a, on a landline. And so you played the game really before computer cell phones and social media. Although it's a different sport, I remember Tommy Lasorda, he had a quote that said, the toughest part is getting – the team to play for the name on the front of the jersey rather than the name on the back mm-hmm. of the jersey. In your opinion, you, you played the game before social media. Has social media made the game better or worse in your estimation? Just an opinion question. There's no right or wrong answer to this. Look, so I think social media in, in total has been, you know, you look at it, it's both been good and bad. I mean, they could take people and and trash them as much as they want to social media and not have any any feedback. Back in our you know in the 80s, you didn't have any of that. If you had a newspaper guy around and they interviewed you, that's where that's where the stories ended up. Now you can have any stories you have on the internet about anybody, about any game, about anything. And I think I think it kind of uh, while it gives people information, I think it's. I think it makes people not as excited about the game itself, but more about what's surrounding the game or the people in the game. More of their yeah, personal life. Yeah, who said what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I so, get that too. Or you know, somebody calling out another player, and it's like, oh, come on, let's just settle this on Sunday. Yeah, and and I just think that it's it's overblown, um, and I just I don't think. The written word sometimes is very difficult to decipher and define. You know, you don't. So, um, again, not right or wrong answer. I just think that it's more, it becomes more personalized than it is for the game. And uh, from that respect, I think it hurts some people. And, you know, like I said, the written word is sometimes tough to, tough to read. And I think I see that in banking, too. I, you know, uh, I, when I made the decision to get out of social media, uh, one of the examples I used was I see people in banking who are supposed to be marketing their banking brand, but from their social media feed, they are spending every day of every week really marketing themselves. Look what I've done. Look at this. Look at me. Look at me. And it's almost – and then when they do post something about – their banking brand, it's something obvious or bland. We're closed on Memorial Day, no kidding. We're closed on the 4th of July. And then in all those moments in between, it just, it, it, it's almost as though their, their job is to market themselves when in reality they're supposed to be marketing the brand. And I know it's a tough thing to balance because you and I didn't have that when we started in banking. You know, my first uh, job in banking, I faxed my resume, you know, from the UPS right. store or something like that. I got my offer letter in the mail. And so, you know, you and I are, are people that have lived in both centuries, before and after computers and social media. And so I've always wondered about that dynamic. 
As I mentioned earlier, if you haven't listened to the other two episodes we did with John, I encourage you to go find them. They're on my website at eloquentonline.net, or you can just Google Power Performance Podcast. You're going to find all the shows somewhere. I'm syndicated on all kinds of platforms I never signed up for. But I thought it was interesting because when, when you think about social media, I can remember a time in the early 20-odds, 2012, 2013, Every single day, somebody texting me or calling me or emailing me or instant messaging me, hey, are you on this platform? Are you on Foursquare? Are you on Vines? Are you on – and I thought to myself, when are we supposed to actually work? When are we actually supposed to do something? The majority of income that I've made in the 20-plus years that I've run Eloquent Online have occurred based upon in-person meetings and conversations on the phone. And as a banking brand, if you are truly honest with yourself, ask yourself what is what has been the ROI on our social media accounts. I'm not suggesting you get rid of all of them, but I'm telling you, you may have people working in that part of your brand who are really interested in what's next not what's happening now with your brand, and they're using your time and your money to market themselves on social media. And you heard John talk about it. it for a team, even a team full of exceptional people, there has to be a leader. And on the football field, that's the quarterback. In the organization, it's the coach or the owner. And that kind of stratification in an era where we're all supposed to get along and we're all supposed to get participation trophies, it simply does not work. In the competitive world of football, there's only one Super Bowl trophy every year. It certainly doesn't work on the battlefield. There are no, as I used to tell people, if, you know, if at first you don't succeed, the airborne is not for you. It's not for everybody. Everybody is not built to jump out of a perfectly good airplane, trusting that the guy who's the same rank as you making $790 a month packed your parachute correctly. It takes a certain type of Elon and dash, and it's the same thing with the quarterback on the football field. I promise you tuning into this episode and listening to people that have done exceptional things and the observations we've made living through these two centuries, you will find applications that you can apply to the tactical day-to-day needs of your bank and the strategic vision you have for your bank. I want to thank John Witkowski so much. He's been so gracious with his time. I've, I've really been impressed with his humility. He's at the top of his game, and you can never tell. It's really been fun getting to know him, and I've gotten to know him better through these conversations than the 1,500 so-called connections I had on LinkedIn when I walked away from it. Hey, listen, thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asked the question, if your banking brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more understanding how to manage exceptional personalities, understanding to make sure that everybody is focused on the brand, not the name of the person on the desk, is how you leave the audience wanting more. And until next we speak, my name is Jason Dias, and I'll talk to you soon.